So I, I'm very... Kind of did an exorcism. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say that, but I'm very like open to spirits and like, because I want there to be something, you know, afterwards. So I'm like, I'm like, if there's something, let me know. I'm here. <laughs> Welcome back to Under Our Roof. I'm Lizzie. And I just woke up from a post-plane nap, so you know, you know the vibes. <laughs> Coming to you live from bed. Be grateful that you cannot smell my plane breath through this podcast. We just arrived back from Raleigh this morning. We were in Raleigh, North Carolina for the last just over a week with my family. That's where I'm from, and my whole family still lives there. And um, we had a great visit. And while we were there, we recorded some fun interviews with my with some of my family members that we want to share with you in this holiday episode in between uh, Christmas and New Year's. Leading into these interviews, lady, what would you say is the theme for these these segments that we're about to share? So the theme is what makes my family members special. And I mean, there's so many things and we only gave everyone like less than 10 minutes, I think each. So it's not to say these are exactly everything that makes them special, but something about each of my family members or where they are in this, in their current stages of life that I just thought people would enjoy hearing about. A listener's note, I did ask Blair to send me music of his because he's a DJ and he um, creates electronic music and he's very, very good at it. I asked him to send me downloadable files to share in this podcast. As I check my email in this moment in time on a Sunday evening, there is nary a song for me to to send and to, to add in here. So I'm going to try and download some Blur Witch tracks, but if you do not hear as many as I previously advertised as we were recording, I'm not going to say it's not my fault, <laughs> but I'm not. I, who's we? We may never know whose fault it is well, that I didn't get downloadable. Maybe likes. it's a ghost fault. Maybe it is a ghost's fault, and that will come up again later. Yeah, and if that doesn't get you excited to hear about the paranormal that Lizzie's brother has experienced, I don't know what to tell you. So let's meet the Capels on this episode of Under Our Roof. Okay, first up, we're going to be talking to my mom, Sarah, and just as if we were under their roof, being my mom and dad, you might hear rumblings in the background because we have a very full house and dinner is underway, but hopefully that will just add to the cozy feel. So mom, will you please introduce yourself and just say a little bit about you, whatever you want to say. I feel like you're good at, and you're not too shy to introduce yourself and open up, so please go ahead. Hi, I'm Sarah Capel. I am the proud mother of Elizabeth Baldridge and my daughter-in-law, Grace Baldridge. I'm a mom. That's my best job that I have loved for 30 plus years. I am also a happily a married, happily married to my husband, Chris, of 30 plus years. I am a spiritual director for those who know what that might be, which means I walk behind beside people in a slow, salty relationship looking for God in their lives. I mean, what an intro. I know. What a jumping off point. And mom, what would you say? Well, quickly say what your spiritual educational background is, because I think that would definitely be interesting to people. And then also what 
are you making tonight for Christmas dinner? Two years ago, three years ago now, went back to Duke Divinity School. I have a Master of Arts in Christian Practice, which from which came my call into spiritual direction through my spiritual formation professor. Um, so I am an active volunteer in all things church-like, but this is my particular ministry call, that and helping others who are on the knife edge of poverty to stay up on that knife edge and not fall off. Oh, and for dinner, <laughs> I am making a roast beast with uh, smashed potatoes, and um, I think we're going to have the, some of the leftover asparagus and goat cheese salad from last night. I have a question. What is the difference between mashed and smashed potatoes? Well, in the South, we call ma things mashed when they're really whipped, and so these are like more fork smashed instead of whipped with a mixing thing. I'm going to be calling upon younger wrists and hands than mine to smash these potatoes later. I wonder whose wrists those could be. <laughs> Good to know. Probably being. Well, that actually, what you were just saying made me think of a question that I think is really interesting, which is, I don't want to speak for you, but I, my sense is that growing up outside of Washington, D.C., you might not have been necessarily ensconced in Southern culture or necessarily identified strongly as a Southerner, but maybe you did. Um, I know Virginia, that area of Virginia in particular is kind of borderline, but Virginia itself is, of course, in the South. I was just wondering, because now I think you very much identify as a Southerner. You've lived in North Carolina for over 30 years, or I guess around 30 years. Um, what does being a Southerner mean to you? And ha would you agree that you've kind of transitioned from being like South adjacent to proudly from the South. Thank you. Yes, I grew up in Northern Virginia, which is really not part of the South. But, and my mother is not a Southerner. She grew up in Binghamton in the Northern part of New York. But my father's family, which is, was quite large, he was one of nine, seven girls and two boys, distinctly Southern, even though in Arlington, my grandfather worked for the railroad as a mail clerk. Um, so they lived in Manassas, which is Northern Virginia, but they were from the South and were farm people. But then I would say one of my most shaping influences, my mother-in-law, Mary Capel, has not been with us for a long time. So to me being, if I identify as a Southerner, it is because I want to identify with the traditions that she represented of graciousness, hospitality, really good cooking with fresh ingredients, and just the love that she showed whenever, to anyone who walked through her front door. It's so interesting to hear you say that because almost verbatim, I feel like I've heard Lizzie describe her cooking as something so similar, always fresh ingredients. I just remember from when we started dating, fresh ingredients, mm -hmm. home cooking. Well, yeah, I think that there's a misconception about Southern cooking that it's only just fatty or a lot of it is like, you know, canned, con congealed, condensed, things like that. And it's really not... It, it's not Southern cooks are not afraid of butter and afraid of whole milk and whole ingredients. I feel like a lot of Southern cooks would not be caught using a light version of dairy products or something like that. Um, or skimping on the seasoning. Or skimping on the seasoning. But it's a lot about using fresh seasonal things. So could you share a little bit about what my grandmother, Grandma Mary, taught you and how you still to this day might use some of her recipes or or even just the spirit of what she brought to the kitchen? Well, I have to tell a small story, which is the first time I met your grandparents, I was so mad at your dad because he, I wanted to look really nice when I got there, but he had taken me hiking what, <laughs> on a trail he claimed was flat, but it turned out to be incredibly steep. So I was sweaty to say the least. And I get there 
and your grandparents are just out of their garden. They're sweaty and dirty, and they have just picked ripe things for us to eat, and they also made me a really large and tasty vodka and tonic, which immediately broke the ice and made me love them from the minute I met them. So that's, and, and every time we went, she always had fresh baked bread. She had, you know, she taught me how to cook with vegetables in ways that don't overcook them. Um, and yes, she was really not one for the fatty, buttery things. She had to, she had high cholesterol. And so her cooking was really original. She was also a full-time working woman, but she would come home and still fix incredible, fresh, simple, delicious things. And, you know, you couldn't get up in the morning before she would have sliced some bread and made toast and just made everything cozy and warm and homey. So that's what, how she shaped me as a person who likes to host. I relate to something of that story because I remember when I first came to meet Lizzie's family for Christmas, I too was told that we were going on a dog walk. And so I put on I was trying to make a good impression. I put on what I might wear to church and so a pea coat and everything for what I thought was a leisurely dog walk. And then we proceeded to fully hike, was <laughs> fully sweating in my nice clothes, but I couldn't let anyone know that I was sweating because I just met y'all. So I want, I was, you know, when you're breathing and you're out of breath, but you don't want anyone to know mm-hmm. that you're out of breath. So I was like, oh yeah, it's really oh, beautiful here in Raleigh. I just remember <laughs> like just trying to speak really evenly. I remember that walk actually. Yes. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> well, you never let on that you were, you never let on that you were uncomfortable. I thought it was, a, I mean, it was a beautiful walk and I loved it. I, I had a great time too. I just I now I know that now when the know. when the capels say we're going for a walk, prepare for a hike. Yes, I agree with that. Mom, can you share some tips for people that may want to be more of entertainers in the home and maybe self conscious about having somebody over? They don't know how to cook a meal. Just what would you say to somebody starting out? Because I know you weren't always so comfortable with hospitality, but now that's just absolutely one of your biggest gifts and signature traits. Yes, I was surprised many years ago when one of my favorite pastors told me I had a gift of hospitality. I was that was nothing not something I ever knew about. But I've embraced it. And I would say if you want to host people, be intentional. Be ready for work, but but plan it so that most of that work happens in advance so you can enjoy. My my signature, I would say what I try to bring to entertaining is joy. And and be invitational in that sense of joy in both in in advance and during the meal. I would say small touches people appreciate, like some flowers. Maybe when they walk in the door, there's a good smell from the oven, something that's going to be coming. Appetizers sort of ready to go. Plan timing, you know, roughly and and try to stick to it, but not be rigid about that. You know, people, you have to appreciate people's time. I mean, they're not there for the rest of the whole night, maybe two or three hours. But um, but not be rigid about it and plan the seating and the music. But again, just bring the sense of joy and gladness that people have come into your home to spend some of their precious time with you. That's great, Mom. Do you have a go-to, oh, drat, I forgot. People are coming for dinner tomorrow night. What would you, like, okay, at least right now, if somebody was coming over tomorrow. Your shake-and-go recipe. Yeah. Probably what I served you guys the other night, which is chicken salsa verde. That's something you have to you put in your crock pot, but you can shorten the time if you're really under pressure. But it's something that 
is gluten-free. It's adaptable to a lot of different palates because you make this delicious chicken with the green salsa and lots of veggies, black beans, cilantro. For those who care for cilantro, you can put corn, you know, into it. And then your toppings are people select. Do they want arugula? Do they want lettuce? Do they like tomatoes or not? And that can all be sort of chosen depending on the palate. I think that's really good advice. Customizable bowls, salads, things like that, I think are really good. Soups that you can put toppings on. Chili. We had chili for Christmas Eve dinner last night, and that was nice because people could choose what to put on it. So last but not least, we asked this to Grace's parents too. Do you have any words of encouragement maybe for anyone who around the holidays doesn't have a supportive family, which our hearts go out to everyone in that situation because we hear from people and know people personally whose parents don't accept them for whatever reason, possibly for being queer or for another reason. And that is just heartbreaking. And I know that you would love to take all take the, them on. take, well, take them <laughs> on and take people under your wing if you could. But what words do you have for people in that situation? My strongest words are to say, you are beloved of God. You are perfectly formed, and so I ask that you can find a way to embrace your belovedness as much as the world tries to tell you differently. God does not tell you differently. God says, Psalm 139, verse 13 to 16, you are a beloved. I knit you together perfectly the way you are. And then in the world, I would say, try to find safe and affirming places. Lizzie's, Lizzie and Grace's house is an affirming and safe place, and they have. And the address is. <laughs> <laughs> they have taken many wounded birds under their shelter. I will take any wounded bird who comes to my home under my shelter. And the address is. <laughs> <laughs> and there are places I know here in Raleigh, the LGBT Center of Raleigh is, an, is a safe place. My church, we have formed a, a safe circle to. In, invitationally have people come each month. It's not your job to wrestle with those who don't affirm you. That is not your responsibility to try to convince someone else. I would just want you to live a beautiful life as best you can and bear good fruit because that is pleasing to God who loves you. And you bear good fruit in your spheres of influence, the people in your spheres of influence, the people around you that you just, um, you do. And if you have do have influence with non-affirming people in your life, there's one resource I would suggest as a starting point. It's Matthew Vine's God and the Gay Christian book. It's set up as a study guide. Matthew Vine's is a gay man who came into a he realized he was gay in the midst of a strongly non-affirming family, and it's a journey that he and his father took together over the course of a year to examine the so-called clobber passages in the Bible, and his father actually became affirming. So if there is an opportunity to suggest a resource, that's a good starting point. God and the Gay Christian, Matthew Vines. He also has now a a nonprofit that um, addresses the same issues. Thank you so much, Ma, for being with us. I really appreciate your words. I think they're going to be inspiring and encouraging to people. And I'm so happy to be home with you for Christmas this year. Thank you for having me. And I i know I'm not as good as Isabel Baldridge, who is a star. She's a rock star. But I'm doing my best. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Mom. Okay. Let's see who who's up next. I think my brother. Oh, okay. okay. Well, we're going to go to a quick break. And when we come back, we will have DJ Blaisley yep. live on the track. Pretending like everything's fine, but now I feel like I'm losing my mind. Got me heated. 
Next up is my little brother, Blair. Blair is two years, a little more than two years younger, so I don't really remember a time without him. We very much grew up together, and we kind of hated each other as kids. Not really, but... I have heard some stories about younger Blair. We were kind of all terrors and would all, like, fight constantly. We were those kind of kids that were just, like, always battling over something, some small issue, and now we're the best of friends and no physical fights since i've been in the picture at <laughs> that's least, good. between you and blair which is good I because if, if you could see blair if i could describe blair it's like hugging a mixture of a tree trunk and a teddy bear yeah i would say that's a pretty strong accurate. man he looks like an avenger yeah <laughs> yeah all okay, right so well, blair, let blair introduce, yeah, introduce yourself hello i'm blair capel i'm exactly what they described but a very nice gentleman and scholar, and I now live in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm in finance, but I'm also a DJ on the side. You can find me on SoundCloud and Spotify. You said I could put some of your music during the break, right? So I can, I have, this is mostly when we share music that isn't mine. It's not licensed, but do I have your permission to, permission to share it? You have my utmost permission. So during the breaks on this episode, they are yes. brought to you by, what's your DJ name? It's Blur Witch, B-L-U-2-R-S-W-I-T-C-H, with a space in the middle. It's a spooky name for a spooky guy. And I, as I understand, we're going to be talking about some paranormal things with yes. Blair. Yes. So everybody in my family is unique and special, of course, but they really are. I mean, everybody probably thinks that about their family, but everybody has something interesting to share and... By the way, I just thought of this because I saw him out of the corner of my eye. My dad is here offering moral support. He's not much of a podcast guy, but he has been winking and giving facial expressions, especially when my mom was talking about his mom, who we all love. Anyway, he's here in spirit. So don't think we're leaving him out intentionally. He's just not going to be sharing on the podcast. But for Blair, he is a a very interesting guy you really are like there's no one quite like you an enigma you can turn off street lamps by snapping at them or something like that can you share about a little bit about that yeah so i've done this since i was a child but i basically when i walk close to certain street lights they turn off and it's not just street lights it's any city lights really but sometimes i used to go on runs at night and multiple streetlights would turn out turn off above me when I would run under, underneath them. So you are an Avenger. We just don't <laughs> we just don't know how to harness your power, but there's like Avenger abilities. Yeah, it's actually a real thing. It's called uh, streetlight interference and only very few people can do it in the world, but it's a real thing. I sound like insane every time I try <laughs> to tell people that this is a thing, but it's actually pretty it's not common, but it happens to me pretty often. And anyone that anyone that has spent enough time around me is ver- can verify that it's actually true. Yes, I've seen it with my own eyes. In the show notes, I'm going to link a... I think there's a Wikipedia page about streetlight interference, and it is a documented phenomenon, but it's very mysterious. Grace's face right now. Yeah. Well, I think I'd heard about this before, but I didn't know... It, there was like a Wikipedia yeah. article that you could share. I didn't I mean, know it was that much of a thing. The Wikipedia is not about Blair. He's not psychic. <laughs> <enough, laughs> no, like, it's like streetlight interference. And it's just like a photo of Blair <laughs> being like, hey. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's it is a real thing. I feel like it like a lot of the lights they've changed the uh how it's so, the power source these days, so it it doesn't happen quite as often, but it still happens a good amount and it's it's supposedly linked to paranormal abilities, which I will go into more that have happened with me. It might actually be true. Okay, so that's a perfect perfect intro, Blair. Wow. Maybe you you could be vying for a permanent spot on this because you really a little just podcast host smooth took us smooth transition years to navigate <laughs> transitions. Okay, so I wanted Blair specifically to talk about the streetlight thing, and then connected with that is his particular proclivity for paranormal activity so for some reason blair basically attracts ghosts so can you talk about just Jealous. like the general phenomenon of attracting ghosts but then specifically the one crazy story and we i know it's kind of a long story mm-hmm. we don't have that much time because we want to get everyone in the family in so if you can kind of give like a somewhat condensed version but we want to hear the details so tell us about that and your ghost abilities in general yeah I'll just give a preface. I've always struggled with religion. Um, Pretty much everyone in the family knows that. But I've always had a strange proclivity, like she said, to track paranormal activity, I guess. So the story is, in the past year I moved back to, or past year and a half, I moved back to Raleigh. I work at at a biotech company. I would work very late hours, sometimes into the night. And... At one point, I w- was working late in my office, and this happened several nights, but basically, I heard a very, very loud footsteps, like, right outside my office door, like, boom, boom, boom. And then I would be like, okay, because I thought I was the last person at the office. I'd stick my head out the door, nothing. And it would just be like, every night, I'd stay late, I would hear these footsteps, this was multiple nights that you were hearing this? Multiple nights, yeah. And then I would basically go out to the parking lot, and there would not be one car in the parking lot. And then I was like, what the heck? That's so weird. And this, yeah, this probably happened three times. And then actually COVID shut down my work. And then I went back and was working from home. And then a few very weird things happened at my home. And I was living in my parents actually at the time. And it's it a very they sold their house, but it was a very large house. I used to work up on the third floor there, which I think this spirit basically attached itself to me and then came back to our home and was maybe just found I like the most remote place in the house, which is the third floor, to spend their time on. But there was just several strange instances. I would work also I was just very, very busy with my work. And at night, I would hear odd things. The one thing that happened the most often was a uh, dog noise, but it was it sounded from like from a human. It was basically like, <laughs> but it sounded like a muffled human voice. But it was at the foot of my third floor. So did it sound like someone was trying to sound like a dog? Yeah, it sounded like someone was trying to make a dog noise from their voice. But I don't know if they were trying to get me out of the third floor or what they were trying to do. But that's not even the weirdest thing. So my girlfriend, Marisa, visited me um, from D.C. Actually, I think she came down from New York at the time. 
The and sound that you just heard was podcast listeners' hearts breaking all across the country. <laughs> the mention of your... Sorry, I just had to say that. <laughs> so, Marisa, my girlfriend, came down from New York, and she... So, I at least have a witness of what happened, but I was working that day, too. She came in. We were both up on the third floor, and I was working, and um, I had ordered food from Uber Eats, actually, and uh, it was not there yet but my dad had been there earlier in the morning and i thought he was still there but then so we heard up both on the third floor blair your food's here and it was my dad's voice like very distinctly and then so i i was like thanks dad and then went downstairs and uh the food wasn't there i thought my dad was in his office um and then about like a couple minutes later the food actually showed up and then I texted him and I was like, did you just leave? Thanks for letting me know the food was almost here. And he was like, I haven't been there since 6 a.m. Maurice and I were both like, what the heck? It was like very, very distinct. It's very, voice. that man's been dead for 80 years. <laughs> it's weird because I haven't, I'm sure this exists, but I just personally haven't heard of ghosts like mimicking things. But it sounds like that's what was happening because it was mimicking the dog, which Obviously, we have a dog now and had our uh, our previous dog, Huck, who passed away this year at the time, and then, like, mimicking dad. Yeah. That's really weird. Then I've, so, I have one more story, and this is kind of the final thing, and it has to do with the dog as well. So, we still had Huck, like my sister mentioned, who passed away. I was on a work call, so I had moved out of the third floor because I realized that this thing did not want me up there and would do whatever it could to basically you were being haunted yeah i think it was just chilling up on the third floor basically and didn't want me up there so it was doing these distractions to bring me back down like the dog noise or my dad's voice so the last thing was i was on this work call and uh huck was basically just hanging out down on the first floor and then all of a sudden he like his hind quarter you know his Hi Hackles. hackles his hackles go up and uh he creeps up the stairs like he's looking at something very very slowly and then goes keeps going up and up and then we i hang up my call and i think marisa was there too or maybe were you there oh yeah i think it was marisa and i still he goes up to the third floor door and just starts barking and barking and barking and we can like not rip him away from the door and he's like Trying to get up. And at this point, he's, like, kind of elderly. Like, I don't... He was... He never got that old and crotchety, but, you know, he was, like, over 10 years old, and he didn't really do stuff like that ever. Yeah, so we could just not rip him away from the door. It was, like, the most bizarre thing. I forget what we did. We... Didn't mom come and have, like, somebody come do, like, a religious thing and, like, bless the house? Oh. Yeah. Actually, that was the same day. So, after that, I was... Con I was convinced that there was something up on the third floor. So I basically made my mom, since she just graduated from divinity school, go up there and uh, basically say a prayer <laughs> over the house. And she did. That was that was actually the last like weird encounter that I had heard, I think. Although I felt like a weird presence the next day still. And then I found this... Uh, it was like a few words online and they basically said, if you're being haunted to recite this verse and I basically read it out 
it sounds like crazy me even saying this, but I read out the whole verse and it was like, basically like, I'm alive. You're dead. You don't realize you're dead. Leave my house. And like, you know, I only want good energy here and all that type of stuff. And then after I said, and I opened up the windows cause that's what it said to do online too. And then after I said that I didn't, I never felt anything again. So I, I'm very kind of did an exorcism. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say that, but I'm very like open to spirits and like, cause I want there to be something, you know, afterwards. So I'm like, I'm like, if there's something, let me know I'm here. <laughs> so I feel like that gives, if there are spirits, you know, it's, I'm a, I'm an inviting person to spirits. Yeah. So, you're, you're a pretty chill guy. Yeah. I like to think I'm pretty calm. <laughs> That is quite a story. I feel like I heard the whole third floor of the house story, but I was distracted the last time you told it, or I like was overhearing you telling some it to someone else. I don't know. So I I'm drinking all this in. That is pretty nuts. And I'm kinda glad that we don't live in that house anymore in case there's anything left. Yeah. But anyway, anything else you wanna um share with our listeners or any any plug for your music or anything like that you wanna say? I have more ghost stories that I could tell in the future, but maybe we can do that on a different episode. But. I was actually thinking, hearing from Blair, we often do episodes where house guests, which is what we call listeners of the podcast, will write in and share their stories. And I'm we've done spooky stories. I don't know if we've ever specifically done an episode about ghost and paranormal stories. I don't think we have either. We asked for spooky stories around Halloween this year, and a lot of the stories that we got from listeners uh, were their ghost encounters, but not all. And we haven't asked, like, tell us your ghost encounters. Well, I would say tell us your ghost encounters and also ghost theories because Blair yeah. has been expressing that he felt as though a presence latched onto him from work At and came work, home. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting to hear people's experiences and theories on that. I agree. I agree as well. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much, Blair. This is really fun. You are definitely the spice of our family in many ways. I mean, I see my sister looking over. She's also the spice. And don't don't forget, listeners, um, the tracks that you will be hearing in between each interview are Blur Witch exclusives. Yes. So if you are interested in having a good time, please look up Blair's music. He really does make awesome music, and I'm going to link his uh, Spotify page in the show notes. Thanks, Blair. Okay, and after the break, we have our, our final capable guest yes. that we know of which is going to be my sister Anna I know it's hard to say I know I lost my way I know it's such a shame it took so long to feel this way didn't believe just where I could be if I had only seen that you were right in front of me all right, last but definitely not least, my little sister. She is seven years younger than I am, so I very clearly remember the day she was born. She's always been very special to me. We never had the like vicious fighting relationship that Blair and I had, um, but we also had a, I think, unique well, not unique to everybody, but unique in the family relationship with just being fairly far apart. And like Anna was in elementary school and I left for college. So it's been really cool getting to be friends now that we're kind of both adults, even though I remember I used to like call you my little pet and I thought you were like my little guinea pig when you were a baby. And I would just like 
pet you and I loved like pretending to take care of you. <laughs> anyway, we have many, <laughs> many sweet memories. I mean, we when I say we didn't have the vicious fighting, Blair and I definitely tortured Anna with nicknames and things like that, but we don't need to go into that. Anyway, Anna, please introduce yourself and just say a little bit about yourself. Hello, I'm Anna. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm working in the area now as a young professional woman in the supply chain uh, industry and got my degree from NC State in supply chain management and living life, having a good time. Recently made her TikTok debut in a video that went up on Christmas Day. So for those of you that are familiar with us or found this podcast through TikTok, you, you already know Anna. And not only that, you know the what, what her heart deeply desired in 2012. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's Anna, true. if you if you don't know what Grace is talking about and you have TikTok, definitely go look on December 25th from Grace's similar TikTok page because it's really funny. There's a video of Anna reading a letter that she read to baby Jesus or she wrote to baby Jesus around 10 years ago when she was 13, around, um, around 13. Yeah, like 14. Yeah. Yeah. So, Anna, I have been asking everyone in the family kind of about a specialty of theirs, homemaking for mom, ghosts for Blair. And for you, I want to ask about being a single gal about town. And I'm serious just because I know we get a lot of questions from people that listen to our podcast about making friends where they live or being single, meeting people, uh, finding like their way around a city. And I think you've really been just thriving in that department lately. Well, and also newly being out of college and sort of adjusting to the real world. Yeah, definitely. And hopefully I'm not sharing too much, but somewhat newly single also and loving life. Yeah. I won't go into too much of that, but I think that it is <laughs> kind of, it's, it, it's essential. It. I'll share the essential parts to the my current story. I had a boyfriend for three about three years and we met in college so and I graduated from college in May 2020 and we broke up in October and I moved to a new apartment in July and it's still I've lived in Raleigh forever but it's in a new part of town and I didn't really feel like I had explored my neighborhood until I became single which sounds bad but I mean you just get into your routines and I didn't wasn't looking to go anywhere new all the time like I am now. After we broke up, I kind of just took the outlook of, well, if not now, when? And like going to bars, going to um, just different places in my neighborhood, restaurants and things, trying to have fun experiences and focus on me. Anna is very much rom-com main character right now. <laughs> Anna, tell us a little bit about your favorite bar, like your local spot, which I think it's so fun that you've adopted this, like, this is my spot. Well, it's not my spot. I feel like there are so many regulars there that okay. I... Okay, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We, Anna, we were doing a bit of shopping and we have Anna... have to cut you off and yeah, correct we got, the Because you're about to lie to our listeners and this is an honest podcast. Um... So we were doing some shopping with Anna, and then we were so close to your local. And so you're like, oh, let's just see. We'll pop in for a, a drink before dinner. And they were closed. They opened up in about 30 minutes. But they saw Anna at the window, and they opened up the bar just for us. And so other people came by 
and they were like, no, we're closed. And it's just Anna's like. Anna's like uh, drinking a glass of wine at the bar. All these people are like, hey, can we come in? They're like, no, not open yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I feel like you've really, uh, I, I would say that you are a regular and have found friends outside of maybe the bubble that you were in only just about like six months ago. Yeah, for sure. I have met so many cool people there. And I think it's because of them that I feel so comfortable there and have such a good time. They just are a very eclectic crowd, but not people that I would have met if I hadn't just started going to this bar. I'll go by myself. I I took friends the first couple of times, but now we'll just go on the assumption that somebody I know will be there. Yeah, it's it's a cool spot in Raleigh, downtown Oakwood area. Lots of younger people that are all just having a good time. Very good energy. It's kind of similar to, you know, Lizzie and I met at Elon University and we have a lot of friends out in LA also from Elon that we never would have been even at the same function at, at Elon, that once we started going out in LA, we, we, got to know and now they're very very close friends of ours and it's just hilarious because like I never would have even known about the same parties that they were going to because I think that in college we like to say it's not quite as clicky as high school but it still can be really clicky and you kind of fall into these patterns and that's okay and that can be comforting but what I found that was really the healthiest for me was breaking away from that and part of that was just like going out in Los Angeles and finding new people that were still from Elon if that makes sense. And now most now I have friends from all over, but at the time it was still like I was in the Elon bubble, but I was like breaking out of what people had expected from me. Okay, now I would like to ask about your apartment because Anna recently The address. <laughs> Anna recently moved into her own place for the first time. So when you first got out of college for the first year-ish, you lived with a roommate and you had roommates in college, but then now you have your own place and it's a one bedroom. Well, I guess it's actually a two bedroom, right? Anyway, very yeah. cute, super cute apartment. It's like impeccably decorated. Mm. And I just wanted to ask about what advice you might have for somebody decorating their first place on their own or a new, just a place in general. I would say take your time, take your sweet time decorating because, and I, I had a coworker tell me that you really have about four months. Like at that point, after moving somewhere new, you really start to feel like it's your own space and you'll have most of the decorating done to a point that you're, you know, content with for the time being. But I just, I mean, I couldn't (laughs) afford at the time to, you know, and I think that's true for a lot of people, furnish the whole place and decorate everything and do get all the things. By taking your time, you collect things that you wouldn't have otherwise found. I think if you try to rush through furnishing and decorating and and also Facebook marketplace, that is the advice I have for people. If your city has a good Facebook marketplace area or something like that, that you can get used items that are typically in still really good condition and just like finding the budget spots and stuff like that. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say that. I've actually sold a few things on Facebook Marketplace, but I don't think I've ever bought things. But everybody says that that's like where all the gems are. Well, and I actually found my apartment on Facebook Marketplace. So you can find whole apartments on Facebook Marketplace. Mm-hmm. I think you can buy like 
anything on Facebook. <laughs> I mean, like you can this episode us. is brought to you by. We're <laughs> not sponsored. Yeah, by the metaverse. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, it's been awesome to have my own place. I just kind of got this. I am a big gut instinct person and like to follow my intuition and just had this feeling this past year, my lease was coming up. I wanted to live on my own and somewhere where I was in a apartment complex previously. And now it's more of a, it's like an old historic home broken into separate units. And I have my own direct entrance and it's, it's more homey feeling for me that I prefer somewhere with a little more character. Yeah, I love your apartment. I love hardwood floors. You have two fireplaces. You have like very charming kitchen. It's just great. So I'm really happy you found it. Do you like and you like living alone? Because I know you were like, will I like it? Would you recommend if people are on the fence? Like, do you like it? I it's everything I thought it would be in the good way and more. And I I really like to cook. And it's just I mean, it's such a luxury to have my own kitchen and have my own space and I am also an introvert by nature although it might not seem like it to some people I get my energy from being by myself with myself and just playing the music I like and (laughs) things like that so yeah I would definitely recommend living by yourself I think that I actually hang out with more people than I did when I was with a roommate although you're with somebody all the time It kind of pushes you to be like, especially when I, my relationship ended, it was like, okay, what do I do with all this time? (laughs) And I'm so glad that I had that experience to push me into this new chapter. You get to be sort of more intentional with both the space and how you decorate it and also Mm -hmm. your time and Mm -hmm. how you spend it and who you spend it with. It makes you really consider rather than just, oh, I'll hang out with my roommates because they're here you get to think about like, who do I really, who would really fill me up? Who would be encouraging as a friend or as a person that I want to share some time with? I agree. I lived alone for around five years before moving in with Grace and absolutely loved it. It's the best. Anna, what are you looking forward to in 2022? Sorry to put you on the spot. (laughs) I am looking forward to more, more of this, this last kind of quarter of the year. i feel like I'm just getting started, honestly. When I had all this time that I didn't know what to do with, it made me really realize I don't know how I like to spend my time in some, with some, I mean, I know how I like to spend my time, but yeah, really being intentional about how am I using my time and continuing that. I think that it doesn't happen in just, I don't think you can figure that out in three months. More fun times, more times that my local bar. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yes. I hope that at some point in 2022, I can have another drink with you at your local bar. Yeah. And also we can bring you to our local as well. I know we have a great new local. I guess we, it's like, don't say we can't say the name because it's it's too good. So close to our house that it will know where we live. And it's also so good. Grace doesn't want anyone to know about it, but they're doing just fine. The word (laughs) of mouth is out. The word of mouth is out. We're not keeping anything a secret. Yes. Um, Okay. So I think that that kind of concludes unless Anna you want anything else anything else any, you want to any share any last parting words? words no <laughs> oh beautifully said after You're the break yeah um after the break we will be back with more we don't know what yet bye I didn't know that I was sleeping until you woke me up that night I didn't know that I was running won't you let me Right. Oh, where have you been? There's 
it's so nice hearing from my family. Now we're back in LA. So that was from a couple days ago when we were in Raleigh, or I guess it was yesterday as we're recording this. Wow. Boy, the time, long- time flies when you're getting on flights at what is the equivalent of 3 a.m. your time. Yeah, we had a long travel day today with Beanie in tow. He came with us. I would like to say a little something about that because on the last episode we talked about bringing Bean and we didn't know how it was going to go. I would like to report back with rave reviews for Bean. Rave reviews. I'm so proud of him. He was so brave. He got a little antsy waiting in line at like checking the bags and whatever, but who doesn't? But on the flight, y'all would have been so proud of him. I mean, truly, I think people might have thought he was a trained dog. <laughs> yeah, he he was uncharacteristically chill. He did really well. I'm really proud of him. It makes me really confident and excited to take him on more trips in the future. And I'm just so glad he's so exhausted now. Yeah, he's burrowed at our feet, just fully under the covers. And I'm a little jealous of him. I'm very tired. So I'm going to sign off on this episode and then immediately edit it. See what y- you will eventually be listening to. This part will probably make it in, I think. <laughs> My brain is, and stop me if I've said this before, potatoes. Um, Meat and potatoes. (laughs) Did someone say that they should drink every time? Apparently we say meat and potatoes. We've heard this from some listeners. Oh my gosh, wait. And before we leave, this is a podcast exclusive. If you've listened this far in, I have to tell you, going back into the studio the first week of January, I have written a whole bunch of new music that I'm really excited about for a project that I kind of need to do. And if you've I don't know, been keeping up with us, with me specifically, you might have an idea of what's going on, but I'm just so excited about that. And if you've listened this far ahead, we're we're basically close personal friends. So I just wanted to share that. A lot of exciting things. I hope that this last sort of, these last few- Week of the year. Week, I was going to say these last sort of like tweedly-dee little days before the new year, Mm -hmm. just make you feel- cozy and special and happy and loved and valuable yeah per usual. what grace said on that note uh, i'm gonna edit this see you sometime later and hopefully just uh order out in a little bit and get some rest yeah okay yeah. we'll see you next week then on under, under our, our roof blue and shining more brightly each day I love you, I love you, I love you, my dear In a sweet, old-fashioned way My love for you is constant and new No matter the change or the age As we both get older